I just want to say thank you to our family choir with the children and their parents. How about giving them a hand right now? And I want to thank the worship choir. Give them a hand right now. And what about this fine praise team? Where'd they go? And a beautiful day. Absolutely gorgeous. I hope you're not too cold. I see folks with blankets and jackets. Yes, but it's a beautiful, beautiful day. And I am pleased to share with you for just a few minutes. And seriously, I'm not going to preach very long because we've already had a good time. We've already enjoyed. We've already worshiped. We've already praised the Lord. We've already declared his goodness through fellowship and through laughter and through music and through what we have experienced. But I want to tell you that, again, I do a lot sometimes talking about titles of sermons. You don't even know what the title is today. The title is Ministry in His Temple. Now, what in the world does that mean? That means that we're in God's temple. Look at the beautiful sky. Look at the beautiful sunshine. Look at these beautiful green trees all around us. Be thankful for the property that we have here at King's Grand Baptist Church. It's so nice to be out here. Now, I love being in there. But part of what I want to say to you today is that Jesus spent a lot of time outside. Do you realize that? Read scripture. Just go through the New Testament. Go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And just count the times. Now, he was in the synagogue every now and then. And occasionally he was in the house. But much of the time, where was he? Outside. That's exactly correct. And we're outside in his beautiful temple in his beautiful creation. And for that, I want all of us to be thankful. I want all of us just to worship the fact that God created all of this and that we are blessed with it. And also remember, talked about this a couple of weeks ago, creation is going to go through redemption and restoration when Jesus comes back. And all of this is even going to be more beautiful. Can you even imagine it? Please do. Please think about that. Because it's going to be more beautiful. But I want to share just two or three things. What mainly just reminds you of some things that Jesus did outside. Uh, in the 13th chapter of Matthew. As I was reading through and just looking at some of these great things that he did outside. The first verse in the 13th chapter of Matthew, starts off like this. It says, And Jesus was in the house, but then he went outside and sat by the lake. Now I want you to just think about that. Jesus got tired of sitting in the house. He wanted to go outside in his temple and sit by the lake. Now what, have you ever sat by the lake? I have. What do you do when you sit by the lake? Nothing. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. And you sit and you think. 
and hopefully you look at the beauty of the lake. And also there is peace that comes from the lake. Just the water is serene and peaceful. And so now in that 13th chapter of Matthew, it says Jesus went outside and sat by the lake. But then there was a crowd all around him, as per usual. They were seeking him, maybe for blessings, maybe for healing, maybe for food, maybe for a lot of things, but there was a crowd all around him. And the scripture says what? He didn't stay sitting by the lake. He got up and he got in a boat in the lake, out on the lake. Why? So that he could, and I could guess I could even pretend or think about the fact that I'm sitting in the boat right now. Not that I'm Jesus, but I'm sitting in the boat. And the crowds are out here on the shore. And Jesus is talking to them. And what did he say to them? He taught them. He taught them. Now, they were rural people. Jesus spent a lot of time with farmers. I don't know much about casting seeds. I'm not a... Now, Mickey's a, a green thumb. She likes to play in the dirt. I don't particularly like to play in the dirt. I'm sorry. Maybe that's a flaw in me. But I don't particularly like to plant things and grow things. But she grows some of the best tomatoes. Now, they're not big tomatoes, but they're really, really, really good. <laughs> well, now, Jesus starts talking to these farmers and these agrarian people about casting seeds. And what did he say? I guess they just threw the seeds out. And he said some of the seeds fell on the walk path the hard, beat-down path that people walked on. And the birds came, and they took the seeds, and they went away with them. So the seeds grew nothing there. He said there was another time where they threw the seeds out, and it fell on hard ground, and it was unable to take it in. It was shallow ground. It was not growing anything. And nothing came up because the ground was shallow and had no depth and structure to it. And then some of the seeds fell among the thorns and the thistles, the cruddy ground. And it says that the weeds and the thorns and the thistles choked the seeds out and they grew nothing. And then some of the seeds fell on good soil, cultivated soil, receptive soil. And it says, and they grew and they produced threefold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold, and they produced all sorts of fruit. A lesson for you and me what are we? Are we good soil or we have thorns and thistles? Are we shallow? where nothing takes place according to what God teaches us. Jesus was teaching them in the outside in his temple. Now, I think about him sitting in that boat. He had been in a boat two or three times. We're told that sometimes the boat was in a storm and the water was rough. 
And the people in the boat with him were frightened. Was Jesus frightened? No. Jesus was asleep. Now, does that mean that Jesus didn't care? Or does that mean that Jesus was lazy? No. What it meant was that Jesus knew that everything was going to be all right. That Jesus was a man of peace. And his companions woke him up and said, Jesus, there's a terrible storm going on. And as per usual, Jesus used all of his experiences to teach. And he said to all of the people in the boat, the storm will be over with. And he spoke to the wind and the waves. And the wind and the waves ceased. And his disciples saw him as a powerful man of miracles because they said even the wind and the waves obey the Lord. And then another time, his disciples were in a boat. Now they had been up in the mountains and Jesus had left them and gone up further into the mountains to pray. And they got in the boat and they started out across the sea. And what happened? A storm came up. A storm like in our lives and others' lives. And suddenly the men are out there in the boat. Jesus is not with them. But they turn and they see somebody walking on the water. Now, if you want me to explain that, there's no possible way other than the fact that Jesus Christ was a man of miracles, a man of godly power, and we know that to be a fact. And they were frightened. The disciples in the boat were frightened, and they thought it was a ghost or something demonic. And Jesus said, no, be at peace. It is me. I'm Jesus. And what did Peter say? I want you to get this because Peter said, Jesus, if, if it is you. What? What did Jesus just say? <laughs> Do you see the doubt? Now, we can't throw a rock at Peter because you and I do the same thing. Things happen in our lives. We just had this wonderful testimony for Mashley, and she's talking about God planning her life and doing amazing things. And sometimes when we have amazing things, we say, well, I don't know if that's God or not. Maybe it's just a coincidence. No. But Jesus said, it's me. My disciples, I'm Jesus. And Peter said, if it is you, then tell me to come and I'll walk on the water with you. And Jesus said, come. And what did Peter do? He got out of the boat. Don't believe that Jesus is the only one who walked on the water. Peter walked on the water for a little bit. <laughs> and then what happened? He did what you and I tend to do. Ben, do you know what happened? All right, and what else? Good. All right, you want Hazel to help us out here? All right, Hazel, what happened? 
He got scared of the storm. Now, why was he scared of the storm? Okay, Ben, your turn again. Yep. You want to say something else? Let me help you just a little bit, okay? But I appreciate y'all's help. Don't y'all appreciate that help? You bet. Amen. And he got scared of the storm. Peter started looking at the wind and the waves. Again, he did the same thing you and I do. We look at the troubles of life. We, took it, we look at what all we go through. We look at where we get hurt and where we fail and where we have upset. And Peter began to sink because of what? He took his eyes off of Jesus Christ. A lesson for me. A lesson for you. And he began to sink. And Jesus saved him. Jesus is always there. He reached out and he took Peter by the hand and lifted him out of the water so that he would not drown and be dead. He doesn't want you to be dead. And so again, this wonderful lake and the outside story of Jesus Christ. One more thing, real quickly, because we are moving toward being fed like the 5,000. Notice how I tied that in? Now, y'all don't want that, right? Wrong. Yes, you do want that. And certainly we see this experience on the mountainside with 5,000 people? No. Scripture says 5,000 what? Men. Now, I'm thankful for all you men here, but we have wonderful ladies and wonderful children amongst us. And it, so it was on the mountainside with Jesus. 5,000 men and the women and the children. So maybe, would you say 10,000 people? And what did they have? Five loaves and two little fish. Given by a little boy that had brought his lunch. And what did they have when they had finished feeding all of those people? Twelve baskets full. The miracle of Jesus Christ. You're a miracle. I'm a miracle because of Jesus Christ. We are righteous, saved, forgiven people because of the miracle of Jesus Christ. Don't tell me that he's not a miracle worker. Please don't tell me because then I would, number one, have to disagree with you. And I would not believe you at all. And I would hopefully help you to be convinced that Jesus Christ is a miracle worker. And he's a miracle worker because he is almighty God. And he's here for you and me and then these wonderful children that we, we have enjoyed here this morning. So yes, now we're going to move toward the feeding of maybe 150, okay? We're not 5,000, we're not 10,000, but we're going to move back that way. And I don't know if lunch is ready or not, but we'll find out. 
but we're going to celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ loves you, loves these children, loves every one of us here in this group. And we're going to celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ is the peace that this world needs and continue to pray for Jerusalem. Amen and amen. And now I'm going to pray for us and we will let this be our closing prayer and also a prayer for our meal. And then I think Scott's coming up this way because he's going to tell us something. You notice how he's just kind of sneaking around? That's because he's scared of me. Ah, right, Scott? Just say yes, Don. Okay, good. Let's pray for a moment, please. Father, we thank you for this beautiful, beautiful day. We thank you so much for the blessings of Kings Grand Baptist Church. We thank you for the blessings of this group of people that are sitting here in your temple, in your beautiful creation, sharing and singing and laughing and being family. And we thank you that we are blessed with a wonderful meal coming, wonderful food prepared by some of our people, wonderful enjoyment, wonderful nourishment, and we thank you for your blessings. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus Christ and the fact that he loves every one of us. And we pray in his wonderful name. Amen.